Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, Nats Town. Welcome to Nats Nightly, sponsored by FederalBaseball.com. This is my NPR voice. Coming to you live from Nationals Park, this is Patrick Reddington from Federal Baseball. I've got Dave Nichols from Federal Baseball on the line after a one nothing win over the New York Mets. A pitcher's duel interrupted only by a blast by Wilson Ramos, 427-foot home run. Uh, Dave will start there. Fernando Salas comes on after Robert Gesselman threw six scoreless. Salas on in the seventh, one out. Wilson Ramos takes him deep, 427 feet into the what used to be called the Redport Seats. I'm sure they have some sponsored name now, but just a huge blast by Ramos. I, I noted in the quick post game I was putting together that uh, Dusty Baker said last night that he's seen good signs from Ramos at the place, that he's seen it better. Uh, he hasn't been hitting all that well in the second half. He's still got pretty good numbers on the year in spite of that because he had such a good first half. But he came up with a big hit today, uh, driven the only run with his 21st home run of the season. Yeah, you know, it, for those of you that, that that were Orioles fans before you became Nationals fans like I was, um, back, in the, back in the day, uh, they had a broadcast pair named uh, Chuck Thompson and, and Brooks Robinson. You might might have heard of Brooks Robinson. He was a pretty good third baseman coming up. Anyway, when somebody hits a home run as long as, as Wilson Ramos did today or Trey Turner uh, a few games ago, it recalls to mind one of my favorite um, uh, favorite discussions that they had. And, and since since it was just Ramos and, and, and Real Art today, I feel like I can go on a little bit with this story. Anyway, um one of the Orioles, and I don't even remember who it was now, hit a ball within three rows of actually hitting it out of Memorial Stadium. And Chuck goes on for like three minutes talking about it. And he turns to Brooks and says, what, what did you think about that? And Brooks turns to him and says, he hit that ball a long way, Chuck. <laughs> it's not how far, it's how many. is Dusty Baker's favorite quote like that. Uh, he talks about yeah. it in Bryce Harper all the time. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, it's like I said on the Twitters, Ramos, his raw power um, is rivaled only on this team by the bat speed that, that Harper generates through the hitting zone. He just, when he gets a hold of one, he can hit it 600 feet. I mean, it, it's an impressive display. And, and then the best part is he just stands there and looks at it. He's one of the slowest players in Major League Baseball to begin with, and he moves even slower after he hits the home run. It's just it's just fabulous to see that big barrel-chested guy just leisurely saunt around the bases after he's hit one 440 feet. It's just it's a beautiful thing. Just to quote Dusty Baker again, he has one of the premier home run trots in baseball. He said he loves watching him when he hits one because he gets to watch him trot around the bases, Buffalo-style. Uh, the other guy on the mound today, really good start for the Nationals. Tanner Roark, uh, six and three, two five eight ERA, four five zero FIP, three point three six walks per nine, six point three three Ks per nine, two twenty four, three eighteen, three sixty nine line against, in sixty two and two sixty nine and two thirds in the second half. But zero and two, a one eight eight ERA, one eight zero, two sixty eight, two eighty line against, and fourteen and a third innings versus the Mets before today. 
77 pitches and five scoreless, seven scoreless on 101 in the end, just three hits allowed, uh, pitcher of record on Ramos hit the home run, so he gets the win. I believe it's his 15th win, 15 and 8, so he gets back to where he was before they made the decision to put him in the bullpen last year. Another 15-win season, meaningless wins, of course, but a really solid start from Tanner Roark. Uh, Chris Fire talked today about how, after the game, about playing a game at 4 o'clock, the shadows are just uh, treacherous for hitters, and we saw Ramos miss a ball or two that he just flat missed coming in there, so apparently it's not easy for catchers either, but another solid start by Tanner Roark in, in a long string of them this season. Yeah, these 4 o'clock starts on the East Coast are, are really tough, especially when the stadium designers it takes so little of that into effect. I mean, it would be easy enough to to be able to, to, to curb some of those shadows, the, the way that the, the, the net decks fall, um, there's, there's nothing, nothing they can do with it. Um, but, but yeah, you know, Roark was, was fantastic regardless of where the shadows were. And really, um, today he battled home plate umpire C.B. Bucknor more than he battled the Mets. Uh, the, the, the strike zone was floating around a little bit again. And, um, you know, but, but just did a tremendous job, limited the amount of contact, which is what he does. Uh, threw a couple of double play balls, um, had a couple of atoms, and, and just uh, um, just controlled the, the flow of the game. I guess someone was good, too. I don't want to take anything away from the Mets starter. He certainly did to the Nats what Roark did to the Mets. But, um, you know, this is Roark's been doing this all season long. Uh, uh, either leads the league or is tied for the league league in, in number of, of seven-inning stints with one or fewer, fewer runs. And uh, it's just really remarkable that uh, – um, with that kind of string of uh, performance, that that his meaning, meaningless uh, pitcher's win-loss record isn't even better than it actually is. But uh, but certainly he has been a steadying force uh, in a rotation that that, that now has um, many question marks in it, and is the de facto um, you know n- number two starter at this point for this team. After Roark finished up seven scoreless, Blake Trinan came on with a really quick 10-pitch inning there, two Ks in the ground out. Uh, Mark Melanson on for the ninth. I think that was five of the last six days or four of the last five games, yeah. something of like that. I didn't pull up the game log to see how many, but he's, yeah, he's been out there a lot. Uh, Spire said after the game that he talked to Mike Maddox. I have complete faith in Mike Maddox. He said that Melanson's ready. He's okay to go. But uh, I know uh, Grant Paulson from 106.7 The Fan in particular was tweeting about how often they've been throwing him out there at this point in the year. And this is a guy you're going to need going down the stretch and into the postseason where the Nats are quickly approaching. But uh, what do you think of that, the way they've used him, how often they've used him? We've talked about it a few times with the non-save situations where they've been throwing him out there just because he was hot. But uh, Blake Trining with a really strong inning. And then your thoughts on the Lance and going out there yet again. Yeah, uh, I'll start with with, with trying and um, I, I'm impressed what he's been able to do this season. Uh, he's now he, he's been as effective against left-handers as he um, is against right-handers, and I think that's a lot to do with the fact that he's not overthrowing the ball anymore and, and is allowing the natural movement to come through in both the fastball and the slider. I think um, I think last season he really was um, trying to blow everybody away that he was facing, and I think this year he has realized that sometimes less is more and um, and allowing that that natural movement, uh, the the one uh, slider that that he threw to the left-handed batter, and I don't remember who it is, um, ended up on the batter shoe tops, and the guy still swung at it. It was it was that nasty. So um, just a really tough pitch uh, for anybody to handle right now. But 
Um, as far as Williamson goes, five nights in, in, in six days, especially since the last one's a day game, is really tough. Um, they had a couple of games this week where it was tied going into the ninth inning, so I get the idea of wanting to use your best pitcher uh, to keep it there and keep the game alive. But uh, it, it, it's tough to, to use a guy like that that often. I know they have the off day, and um, you know maybe they'll get him an extra day or hope they get him an extra day. Um, you know, later in the week to, to let his arm uh, cool down a little bit. But um, asking anybody to pitch five five days in, in six uh, is, is very tough, especially for your closer, a guy that, A, is in higher leverage, more stressful innings to begin with, and, B, like you said, you're going to count on to close out playoff games here in the next few weeks. So, uh, you know, he's got a rubber arm. He, he, he thrives on it. Uh, he wants to come into the game when he warms up, and I get all that. But – um, but at some point, um, you know, somebody's got to say, well, you know, we need to give this guy another day off. I will note, uh, Chelsea Jane from the Washington Post tweeted it out. You mentioned it as well. Uh, Blake Trinan, after today's game, two lefties in Reyes and Cabrera, and then the right-hander in Suspedes retires them all three. Uh, 218 line against righties, 219 against lefties, which was obviously a big problem for him the last couple seasons that he really worked on with Mike Maddox, and he seemed to have figured something out there. Uh, I, I look at him as a potential closer next year. You don't know if Melanson's going to go. Mike Rizzo didn't rule out the possibility of bringing him back, but he also said that there's no reason for Melanson not to test free agency at this point. I, I agree. It would be sort of foolish for him not to. He can make a lot of money out there for the last couple of years of his career, but uh, they definitely have a potential closer candidate in Blake Trine and among others, hard-throwing guys out there. Uh, I think Ronaldo Lopez, if he ends up in the bullpen, could fill that role. He's got that huge fastball. Uh, there's a couple other guys. Uh, Glover is, seems to be being groomed for that kind of role, or at least an eighth or ninth inning role, too. But they have some options going forward, not to skip past the end of this year, but they they do have some options in the bullpen if Melanson does indeed leave. Right, and and you know you can count Sean Kelly among those. I mean, I know they don't like to use Sean Kelly, you know, three days in a row, which you know obviously we're seeing that, that they have a, uh, you know, they don't mind doing that. But um, yeah, you know, Trainin has really um, reestablished himself to be in that discussion. I mean, he's thriving in the role that he that he's in this year. Um, if this is the new Blake Trainin, then this is the guy that we hoped. Um, was going to be here last year when he performed so well down the stretch in 2014. Um, last year kind of took a little detour, but um, but really is 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 now the pitcher that um, that we hoped that, that he could be. Um, and if this is the new guy, then there's no reason why he shouldn't be in that discussion. Wow, wow. we're looking forward to next year momentarily here. <laughs> Wilson Ramos, the big season I mentioned, he struggled in the second half at the plate, but he's setting himself up very nicely for free agency. Uh, where, are you, where are you right now on the possibility of bringing him back and whether Nationals should pursue that? I think every time we've discussed this, I've mentioned the fact that I don't think there's an everyday catcher in the organization right now that could perform at the majors as much as I like Pedro Severino defensively. Uh, his offensive game isn't quite there yet, so he has gotten better. Uh, are you re-signing Wilson Ramos if you're Mike Rizzo? Are, are you taking a deal to stay here if you're Wilson Ramos, or are you going out and making sure you test that free agent market, especially after the season he's having? Well, you and I are in agreement that that they, they'll have to sign a catcher. Uh, um, uh, Pedro Severino is not an everyday catcher in the major leagues. Uh, he's a tremendous defensive catcher. 
Um, he, he's not much more of a hitter than Jose Lobaton is, and neither one of them are everyday catchers, and neither and neither one of them certainly, excuse me, come anywhere close to what Wilson Ramos has been able to do this year, let alone last year or oh, excuse me, or the year before that. Um, Wilson Ramos has set himself up for a very nice payday. He is going to be one of the most sought-after free agents, period, um, just because of what he does um, behind the plate and um, and and hitting. Um, this is, a, this is a, a, a rare breed of catcher that can provide that type of pop with that level of defense, um, seemingly in, in the prime of his career, having the best season of his career. So um, if the Nats were inclined to bring him back, they made a mistake not signing him earlier than now because there's no, you know, they're not going to sign him now. He'll go to free agency and they'll have to sign him as a free agent up against anybody else. Um, they'll, they'll have the, um, they'll have the, the bonus of him being here um, and having a familiarity with the players and the comfortableness um, of the clubhouse. But um, when it comes down to brass tacks, if it's, um, if he gets a better offer somewhere else, he'll go somewhere else. So, um, yeah, they'll have to sign a catcher. Uh, you would prefer that it's a guy that um, that works well with the staff, and you know, um, you know him, he knows you. Uh, but at the bottom line, they have to sign a catcher, a starting catcher, an everyday catcher, a four out of five day catcher, um, regardless of who it's going to be this off season. I don't know if you could hear it on the radio today, but there was another so-called invasion of Nats Park by these folks who call themselves the Seven Line Army down from New York on a bus, apparently. They were loud in the beginning. Uh, Tanner Roark kind of quieted them down with his work on the mound. There were some nice let's-go Mets versus nine games out chant going back and forth when the game started. Uh, the lack of offense kind of quieted everything down out there, but uh, there's a little glimpse on a day where – National Park fans seemed a little laid back of, of the playoff atmosphere that you're going to get coming up in a couple of weeks, assuming the Nationals can lock this down. I did that jinx proof that. But uh, it's fun to have. I, I like having these other fans in the stadium. I know there's a whole bunch of trouble with the security kind of uh, clamping down on them and trying to keep them at bay just so everyone can enjoy the game. Fans of the Nationals in that section don't have a horrible day at the park, but it is a great atmosphere when you get fans like that who are cheering and, you know, chanting along with the yeah. game and kind of raising the excitement level in the park. Yeah, as long as it's all in good fun. I mean, you know, it, it's a far cry from um, from when the, the filthy Phillies fans invaded opening day a few years back were were invited down by then general manager Stan Kasten or uh, you know, team president Stan Kasten. And, um, you know, that was a little bit too much and, and, Phillies fans always take it, you know, a step or two too far. But, um, you know, it gets, gets to this group of Mets fans to pick a lazy Thursday afternoon where um, where it's going to be less attended and um, get out there and, and try to be as loud as they can. Um, I think yeah, you could hear a little bit of it on the radio and, um, you know, hear the Nats fans shouted down. Like I said, as long as it's in good fun, um, you know, what the heck. You know, the, um, the, the, the crew that went up to, to New York, the Nats crew that went up to New York, um, last week, you know, they they had a hundred or so people out in the center field stands, and um, and everybody got good fun out of that. So um, good for the good for these folks to come down and spend their money in our ball, ballpark. A few more notes before we wrap up. Daniel Murphy with his first hit hits in all 19 games against the Mets this season, which is 
sort of ridiculous and a good way to show them that they missed out by not signing him to a free uh, before he hit free agency this year. Uh, our thoughts, my thoughts at least, I won't speak for you, but I assume the same. We're with Dusty Baker away from the game with the death in the family. So Chris Spire, who we've been quoting during the show, managed the team. Baker is supposed to be back on Friday, though Spire did say today that he gave him lineups for today's game and Friday's just in case he didn't make it back. So hopefully Dusty Baker is all right and comes back. Well, he's fine. It was a death in the family. I should be clear. So hopefully he's able to come back and join them in Atlanta for the start of that series. Um, more importantly, however, a DC traffic report before I get out of here, driving back to New Jersey, it's 7:46 in DC. Do I wait and write a story or do I drive home as quickly as I can now? I, th- I think you're, you've already passed the point of trying to get on the highway now. Whether you leave now or an hour from now, it's going to be the same. Uh, that's not what I wanted to hear. Max Knightley, sponsored by <laughs> FederalBaseball.com. I'll wrap up my Tanner Roark article and then get on the road, hopefully by 8 o'clock. So, uh, Friday night, start a series down in Atlanta, three with the Braves this weekend. I'll talk to you after that one, sir. Max Knightley, sponsored by FederalBaseball.com. Signing off and heading home. Doghouse says go Nats. Oh, you stole my line. See ya. <laughs> Good night. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.